Hello, welcome everybody. Um, this is Taya Ometan Show, coming to you live and direct from the good old city of Edmonton, the capital city, and my friend, Izeh Kemi. And tonight we have a show for you. We're talking about women and finances, the finance and the woman, the woman and the finance, money and women. Um, that's the show. Kemi, how are you doing today? I am doing very well. How are you? I am doing great. I am doing great. We're going to get right into the show tonight. Um, there's no need to um, um, talk much, women and finances. So, you know, this is important at this point in time. People are doing their tax refund, getting some money back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Getting some money back is a quarter of the year. You know, um, the first three months I've gone earlier in the show, we did this planning your year, planning your day, planning your month. You know, what is the plan, the head of the plan? We did that earlier. And so we want to, you know, double back and talk about finances. And I think it's really important, especially for women. You know, this is a show for everybody, but today we'll focus on um, women. So, you know, true to our form, true to our nature, I have a story. So here's a story. Um, this is actually one close to me. Um, it's about a lady. I'm going to try and disguise it because if she's listening, I don't want her to um, know. Uh, well, um, I don't want her to be embarrassed, but she knows I'll be sharing the story. Um, so, <clears throat> so this lady, you know, married for let's say mm, thirty time. years, a very long time, a very long time, married for a very long time, and you know, um, she went to school, helped her spouse through school. Um, both of them, you know, started out trying to build a career. Eventually, you know, um, she stays home. They have children <clears throat> and she stays home and they start raising, she starts raising the children at home and the man goes to work. And initially it was okay and it was okay. And then 25 years, 26 years down the line, um, they've been together all this while, um, faithful, well, supposedly faithful to each other. And then, um, <laughs> and then the man develops a, um, I don't know what, what to call it. Anyway, he slaps her with a divorce. And because she uses his credit card, she spends money from their joint bank account. The car was in his name. The house was also in his name. Um, by this time, the children had graduated. So they were done school. So he didn't necessarily have to take care of the children. But um, financially, you know, the obligation had reduced. Uh, and so now the man stops out with a clean old, good old divorce, and she's like, "Whoa, where do I start from?" And the guy goes, "Well, you know, um, she, you know, uh, yeah, um, I've taken care of you all this while. You know, you spent my money. Uh, I've made all this money. I've worked out for all my money. This is a true life story. I've worked out for all my money. I've I've saved all this money. I've done all this." And um, you've done nothing. You've been at home. You've not improved yourself. You've not bettered yourself. You've not contributed to my life in any way, shape, or form. So here's the divorce. I'm going and divorces her. Annie leaves. You know. So that story is really rich because you know we could talk about divorce. We could talk about relationships. We could talk about betrayal. We could talk about men. But we choose to talk about money, finances, finances tonight. Uh, absolutely. And before we go, I know we with this. I have a story that kind of defines me as a person. Mm -hmm. So when I was in high school, I think I was in SS1. Um, so one of my seniors lost her dad. Mm. And you know, in boarding school, when they come to pick you up during the middle of the year, everyone just knows that something bad has to have happened because we have yeah. sick pay. So usually when people go home like that, it's because you know they usually carry them in the ambulance they're very sick to take them yeah. home. 
or their parents come to pick them up because you know there's been a death in the family i know yeah. we've been through all of that and i still remember when you know when people lose their parents now that's where my mind goes like oh my god you know when somebody come pick someone up and you know someone has died um so they lost their dad and so they sent some of our classmates to grand grita i think it happened over the holidays or so so the classmates went and you know when they when they came back they were telling, you know, they'll be telling stories because what do they know? We're all children, look on, like what's everyone's business. So they started telling the story of what happened. And they said the woman was just crying. The the senior's mother was just crying that what is she going to do that? This man has died and she just is suspecting her to take care of the three children. How is she going to take care of them? Mm, and advice, like someone that has lost, like, you know, thing I think about it now, I'm like, okay, the love of your life has just died. You have three kids. And the concern you have is, am I going to am I going to feed these kids? And she cried and she told the kids that you girls, listen, don't be stupid like me. Get a job, have a career, work. Because if your man should die, you have to feed your kids. Hmm. And that that stayed with me for the rest. Like it stayed with me since I, as far as I can remember, like that's the one thing in the back of my mind. I I can't be a stay-at-home wife. I can't just sit there and be like, well, I'm supporting someone's career. If we're doing it, I want to be on a salary. I want to have a job description. I want to know that you're, you know, you're going to take care of me because, I mean, yes, now we have things like insurance that can help you and all of that. But insurance money doesn't, if the person dies on Monday, insurance doesn't present you with a check on Tuesday and say, oh, mm-hmm. you know, your spouse had life insurance, yes, 50K or whatever, you're good. And that doesn't sustain you for the rest of your life. But we have those situations, like you talked about divorce and where's the person starting over from. Like, how can you go back to the job market after 25 years to say, oh, you know, my only, and the thing is, though, and this is not to shame or to say anything bad about, about um, stay-at-home mm-hmm. women. It's a lot of work. However, it's a thankless job that when you get out on the streets, no one's going to be like, oh, you're an home engineer. You took care of your home. Let's say, you know, no one ever looked at your profile and say, you know what, for 25 years, you did this, that, and that. You grew as everything happened because you're raising three kids. You know, you're, you're, you're doing so many things. You're basically doing home engineering. If you think about it, you know, you're good at budgeting. You're good at forecasting. You're good at, like, you're good at management. You're, you know, you can go into multiple different things. But no one looks at your resume and say, oh, you know what? I will give you that chance. They're like, you don't have any experience. And they feel that way themselves. So it's yeah. it's it's terrible. But yeah, I hear you. But um, and that's the thing yeah. about women in finance. Because when you have too many women having the same issues. Yeah, it's a very passionate um topic for um, me because I've seen lots of women who um have um had to deal with this kind of a situation where they take on too much. Sometimes I have also seen women, another true story is I've seen a woman who you go into a relationship and the man is not stable. You're trying to support him until he gets his feet on the ground. And then you take on all the debt, you take on all, all, all the financial liability of the home or the family. And then the man walks out on you and then you're left, you know, to, to handle all that. And that's, that's, that's a reality for most women. You know, there's, you know, I, I when I look at it, I say it's, 30% um, women who um, are in a situation where they're left with the full liability or there are some, you know, another 30% who wait till they you know, in their 60s or their 50s and then the man walks out of them. So it's there. Um, that's that's true. It's there. I, I don't like divorce. I don't believe in divorce personally. But does it happen? Yes. Should we talk about it? Yes. You know, because as, you know, moving on, um, the conversation is, I don't know that, 
when our creator created us, okay, God, you know, when he said, when we're to join Adam and Eve, that he said that our full life should be looking for money. You realize that from the moment we are born to the moment that most people die, their pursuit is money. In every culture, in every tongue, Nigeria, I want to hammer, you know, here I'm looking for the dollar. Um, if you go on Facebook, there's a lot of financial literacy classes. There's a lot of financial education, invest, five ways to invest, 10 steps to invest, 25 steps to make the million before you're 50, 1 million ways to make a million dollars. <laughs> what can you sell? Um, people are doing Uber and Instacart, skip the dishes. People are doing day job, night job, morning job, double shift, triple shift. I'm not saying those things are bad necessarily. Honestly, I'm not. I think that um, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. You know, there's social responsibility, there's responsibility. However, is there a way of thinking about money, finances, women that um, is making us not undo finance as well? Just what I'm saying. Why does a woman, what is the mindset that keeps a woman waiting on a man, you know? for 30, 40 years, thinking that the man will support her and then the man walks out on her. What is that mindset, you know? I mean, I mean it's it's trust for one, right? Because one would think about it, and that's and in the old days, it was there. I remember one of my colleagues, um, Ian, his wife, they've been together for ages. You know, yeah. they got married super young. I think they were 22 or 23. Like, you finished university, mm -hmm. married her, they moved to Katsu, so they moved to the U.S. Mm -hmm. together, and he put her through school, uh, through med school and all of that and you know she finished he is he stayed in IT she's a medical doctor and you know my guy has been amassing wealth ever since you know was telling me about because he's always always been one of those people that will look at me and be like at your age you should have two houses I have two buildings I'm renting out like you know I've told you some of the stories of my people that I always like yeah. Dude, you know, you should be making my like why why are you why are you depending on one side on, on salaries and stuff like that? Yeah. So one day he went out to dinner with his wife's colleague who was retiring. And by this time, maybe this guy had like 10 houses that he was already mm -hmm. renting out. And so his wife's his wife's um colleague, you know, she was maybe in his 70s or something. So he's mm -hmm. trying to give them advice as a young couple they're in their late 40s that oh, you know, you guys invest in real estate, this, that, and the other. So she's nudging her husband that see, we should start investing in real estate. And the man looks at her like, I have we have 10 houses. You know, and she's like, What? And she's like, because she does she doesn't deal with the day-to-day -day money. She doesn't, she doesn't like yeah, you know all of this. And the guy I just been, but and I said, you know what, that's great. Like she she the guy, we have 10 houses, and the woman, this is the first time the woman is hearing I mean, about she, that. Like she kind of knew they were into business, like the guy was doing something, she but kind she, of knew. Yeah, that but stuff it, annoys me. Just well, let's dwell on that. How do you kind of know your financial future? How do you kind of no. But that's that trust factor there, that she trusts the man that, you know, you and I are partners. And that's the, what I mean by those kind of things don't happen anymore. And his point to me was, and I said to him, I'm like, you know what? I would like to be with someone that I'll just sit down there and have that peace of mind that we are taking care of. Not that his money is taking care of us, but that you can go to work, do your thing, your paycheck comes in, and you know that someone out there is doing that planning. That was my that was my mindset when I was younger. But in the last seven, eight years, I started to dig into it myself. Like, you know, I became my own, my own financially response, financially literate 
husband. And I started to look at things like that. And I see that so, with all, because it's just, it's just growing up. They've always, I don't know. I don't know. You've always had this sense that, you know, when you think about, um, you know, um, male, the role of the man and the role of the woman, and you think about bringing everyone together. I always got that impression. Maybe no one told us. Maybe it was what the way it was like, okay, you know, women in the kitchen, men in the, you know, bringing all yeah. the bread and the yeah. bacon yeah. and you yeah. cooking it. And the person, the man's supposed to make sure that the financial future is stable. So we always look to them. And my dad was always, my dad was always in my in our house. It's my dad that knows everything about the financials. I mean, yes, he was, he is a he is still a banker, but it's the one that always thought of, okay, let's look at this talk, let's look at CNN, this company is doing this. What, what does that mean to us? Yeah. But I never really thought of it as something that I had to deal with. And now, but like that's not bread and butter. What you're saying is to every woman who is listening out there, to our listeners, our viewers, um, a man is not your financial plan. You know, what has happened over the years is coming from the background that our parents did was, you know, um, a man is not a financial plan. And, you know, coincidentally, uh, when I look at the story you said, my parents, you know, it's funny, we had a, a little different background. My mom was a working mom and she mm -hmm. worked and she reached the very high echelons of um, a profession before she retired. Was and a I, professor? Like, let's, let's call it out. My mom? Yeah. Say again? My mom was a professor, yes? No, 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 no. She wasn't a professional. She wasn't. She was a um, civil servant. She worked oh, for the government. Oh. And she worked for, um, no, she wasn't um, a professor. She worked for um, the government for 30 some years. And so she worked. And so there was never any one time that um, um, my mom or my, my mom or my dad were taking traditional roles in that regard. You know, because you see, as God will have it, my dad passed away 20 years or 21 years ago. And guess what? We, when he passed away, I was just about to start university. And so guess who handled that? Your mom. My mom. And so... Um, and this was international fees though. Like, yes. Mm -hmm. were, yeah, yes. he went to the US. Yes, yes, yes. And so, she has how many other kids outside oh, of... Oh, you have the last born. You know, we're mm -hmm. quite... So yeah, but you have like your, all your all your siblings are like all of you are well. Yeah. I could go into details, yeah. but we'll. <laughs> yes, they're all fully well. I know. I see. I still. I remember your your dentist sister. Yes. Um different stories. Different. We'll talk different, about that on a different yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I look at that, um, yeah, you're right. When I look at that, I've always been inspired by my mom how I should never, ever, ever um, let it be to one person. Because you see, the world is changing now. Some of mm -hmm. us don't know that the world has changed, that it's no longer a one-income family. It's now a two-income, three-income even, four-income family. I have friends that they have 16-year-old daughters, 17, who are also working, you know, who are also working and earning their own way. They live in the house still, but they are working. You know, so when, if that is the situation, and I say this to a lot of us also who have moved countries, you know, if we had stayed in Nigeria, we might have inherited a piece of land here or a piece of that there and maybe, but if you've moved countries, you're not going to sink your father's house here in Canada or in the U.S. So you cannot sell that property. You're going to have a loan. Most likely you're going to be in debt. You know, most likely you've had some credit card situations. You know, you've taken the store credit card. And so most likely you can no longer be left to one person. Not anymore. You know, uh, to... um 
and do your financial future. You got to look into it. I'm not trying to tell tear, tear up families. I'm not trying to tell a woman to go suspect. And I'm not trying to, because there's also the story of a, a story of a story, a friend story who um, the woman buys the house. The is actually, they live four hours away in Calgary. The woman buys the house and the man just wasn't ready to invest in the house. And then convinces her husband to move into the house. And then she's charging her rent. So, so, yeah, so this has been happening a lot lately. We've been all the stories like that. And on our group chat I was on, it was a thing that we were talking about and how it breaks trust and things like that. But then I maintained that, you know, in this situation, we know why she, the guy wasn't interested. So she, yeah. you know, well, she was married, and, right? And so there was a whole lot of drama also. But the whole idea that the woman decided to take charge of the future, could it be whatever it is you call it, she's mm. refusing to be in the one spot. She wants to be a homeowner, an investor. You know what? And so she went and did that and started charging her husband rent. The man finds out, is upset, but then they went to counseling and the counseling tells them, listen, if you had done it, she wouldn't have done it. So first off. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and, and sometimes, you know, it felt good paying the rent in the first place. So, and it wasn't <laughs> like she took the money and was just squandering it. She no, probably invested it back into their, into their home. No, she was trying you know, to, be, uh, she was trying, because you see, from time immemorial, women have been traders. Women have yes. been, um, going to the market, you yes. know, women have been like my mom when we were younger sold Coca-Cola bottles. This is way back when, and then we always had a chicken coop at the back of our house in Nigeria where we had eggs. There, yes. people would come and buy one naira eggs, like you know. Yes. So, women have always been industrious from the very from the dawn of time. I mean, not our grandparents' generation, but their grand, like even my grandparents' generation. Mm -hmm. Like that, the generation before them, it was really the women that were bringing the money home. Mm -hmm. The men were mm -hmm. trying to get women to go to the farm so they would have multiple wives, multiple children. Mm -hmm. But guess mm -hmm. what? We only found out that it was the, really the women that were bringing home the bacon. Yeah. And it's turning now, and then society sort of evolved, and now we're regret not regressing, I think it's progress. We're going back to that point now where the women are the gatherers. Like women would not sit in one point and say, oh, you know, stuff isn't going for me. I'm just going to sit here and wait for things to turn up. I mean, we have like, look at people that do our hair, you know, like, yeah. you know, the lady that I remember when I first went to Canada, the lady that was in my hair was charging like a major coin, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> going for it. And she, she only did one hairstyle, Danny Ambridge. You come in, you do your three hours, you go home. And she did that all day long. Like while her husband was so awesome, factory work, mm -hmm. she was, and, and if she's doing your hair, Ghanaian braids back then was like 120, 140. And she does, so now she has to, she, she doesn't sleep at night. I've no. been to her house before and she did my hair from, from midnight to 6 a.m. As I was getting ready to leave, someone was coming in at 6 a.m. And she said, my sister, I'm coming. She didn't, she went to, I'm going to take a shower, I've been showered all day. And she was, she was back at it. So if she does that, all day, like let's say she's working 18 hours and taking one day to herself. Just think how much money she's bringing out, she's bringing to the table. Yeah, with very little well, education. The question is what do they do? What do you do with that money? What I don't know is that women are saving it because you see, uh, what we do, we handle life issues, you know, so um, you take care of your children, um, somebody dies, you send the money back to Africa to help out, there's a party, you handle that, um, um, retirement, you give the money back to people, and so what, what happens? All the money you work super hard for, you don't get to save it, and so once again, and then you go right back at it again, and then you do it again, and you do it again, and then 20, 30 years down the line, it still ends up the same way. And so 
um, tonight again, this is the only time show guys, we're talking about what is the mindset change that you need to have to help women, you know, sustain financial freedom quicker. You know, there's a lot that there's a lot that we need to talk about, but at least today is a start. Um, and I'm this is particularly important at this point in time where we are talking about tax refunds are coming in. You know, there's a lot of money out there. Yes, in Starcarting, there's Uber, Air Do businesses. Guys, we need to start thinking of savings, budgeting our savings. You know, it's important. Kemi, you have some statistics for us. Yes, I do have some stats. I was trying to pull them up, but um, so one of the biggest stats I want to talk about was around investments. Mm -hmm. um, so this company just did some tests in 2020, looking at women in the workplace mm -hmm. and everything that's going on, you know, mm -hmm. gender, gender, gender wage gap and things like that. Mm -hmm. And something that caught my eye was that women hold 71% of their assets in cash, whereas men hold 60%. It also went on to talk about um, investment management and how only 8% 8, 8 of investors are women, 8%. And 8%, 8% of women, of women are investors. And, you know, what we're seeing is, and okay, I guess we need to sort of call it out and say, because you and I are in the financial industry, just in finance, that this is not financial advice. This is just two girls talking. Don't oh, take yeah, whatever but... we're saying as advice. It's just, it's our opinions on it's whatever a... it is we're saying. And we just, I just feel like we need to sort of call that out. Yeah. And it's saying that it's just really like it's 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 really eye opening this um this this research that we've done here. Um, they talked about the fact that when we look at financial articles as well, that sixty five percent of the articles that are aimed at women tell them to stop being excessive spenders. Um, what do you mean excessive spenders? What is that? So like we always assume like I, I mean growing people see like women's outfits. And women's, the old garb compared to men seems to cost a lot more. Because think about it, you got to get your hair done on a monthly basis. You got to look good. Whereas a man can wear the same crummy old shirt and everyone thinks it's adorable. Whereas mm. if a woman wore the same dress four days a week, they're like, what's going on here? But then they tell you, they tell women, oh, look for bargains, look for this, look for that. But no one is telling you that. Did you know that if you invested in this fund or whatever over five years it can grow it can it can materialize into something else if nothing else you're guaranteed your you know your your, your original investments you get dividends things like that those are the training courses I don't see them being offered a lot to women as oh, wait a second I'm just gonna in, go back to that shopping thing okay, sure. I go to winners mm -hmm. and when I look at for the price of one dress that I buy you find a man's pants is times four. Like to get a man's uh, men's pant, you know, it's like the dress can be like nineteen ninety nine. So I kind of don't agree that women's outfit are that much expensive. You find a, a, um, some Jordan, some sneakers, and let me not call out any brand. Those things go three four hundred now. Am I saying women don't shop? Of course, purses, you know, I mean, of course, but there's a whole um, spectrum of- There's a whole of lot that we're not even considering about- Yeah, it can no. be generalized into, yeah. find a man who loves fashion, hush puppy, who loves fashion. <laughs> um, hush puppy, oh, I don't know? want to talk about that. Yeah, if you find a man who loves fashion, they go all out. And if you find a man who doesn't like fashion, they don't spend. And if you've, I've seen women who 
I have a co-worker, Gogo Sasui, that has used the same brush for 27 years. I'm like, lady, you are entitled to change that first. You know, I have a lady, a friend who wears the same research day in, day out. So it's really who you meet. I don't know that it's women or men who are bad spenders. Okay. I think that I go to the mall and I see men and women shopping. Of course. And if you go to men's stores, I mean, men's uh, men's stockings, men's socks, the really cute ones, they sell them yeah. for like $25. Yeah. And men's suits are the minimum. Like oh you want to wear God. a suit that looks like a suit. <laughs> like, you know, something that you put on and it won't be a coat, you know? And I always tell people, like, like think of it. yeah, no, I've, I've seen, I've worked with executives where I'm like, okay, bro, you know, you don't, you don't go to a place like, I can't call any brands and just pick a ready to wear jacket. Like when you get to a certain level, at least mm -hmm. have one where it is bespoke, you know, where they measure your shoulders mm -hmm. and they give you, a, and they give you a jacket and you can walk into a room. It gives you confidence. But some people are so lopsided and you're like, Oh, God, I can't even look at you. But those good ones, the minimum you can get them for, when they're having a sale, it's like when they're having a sale, it's four nights. Otherwise, you're buying rayon and people can't see. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're, like I, I, I've seen people that I can tell you they got their jacket. I can tell you when I see a man's jacket, a man's suit, I can tell you where he got it from. I can, yeah. I can tell real wool from polyester. Polyester is so easy to add to, to see. Mm -hmm. Whereas with women, I mean, I, I can't even, I can't even talk about how much. There's this one dress I picked up for nine ninety nine. I mm -hmm. like, no one believes me. I no, and some people think it's. I mean, some people, some people think it's nine ninety nine dollars, and I, I, I've never corrected anybody. That's your prerogative, but like you know, and when we think about all of this, everyone just when we talk about men and women. You know, talk about women. Oh, you know, you must like shopping. No, I hate, I detest. Like, if you really want to punish me, take me shopping. I hate it. <laughs> I hate, like, I, like, oh, my mom, my mom would go shopping. She's listening in, I think. And she would try on a pair of black shoes, a pair of red shoes. Doesn't know she wants to red out the black, walk around, figure it out. At this point, I'm like, whereas mm. I would order my red, black, green, whatever, you're coming out, pick the one I want, I'll send the rest back. And that's me. Like, I'm very decided. I don't, I, don't, I don't like shopping. But, you know, and those are kind of things that they attribute to women. But, and when you look at the wealth aspects of it, no one is really going out there. I don't think there are many wealth management products for women. And as we've learned, there's a huge difference between men and women and what we think and they've done some research and i was trying to find out for today's um for today's um for today's session but i think next mm -hmm. week i'll bring it up again but they think you know men the way men think and the way they decide on things and the way women do it are two very different ways mm -hmm. every now and then you see that you see everything kind of coming together but it doesn't often work like that but all the most of the investments and most of those kind of things are geared towards men because Typically, in the old days, you know, men were the ones who were the hunters, the gatherers, and they were the ones yeah. who were taking care of the home and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, women would go out, make their coin, bring it back home and say, there you go. And it was it was up to the man yeah. to sort yeah. of take, to sort of stretch that penny as long as you can get it. Mm -hmm. Whereas we are just coming into the game. And even then, it's not... It's not as fast as it could be because we're talking about, about gender pay, the wage gap. Mm -hmm. And they're saying here that the wage gap has really not moved since 1995. No, a lot of financial products have, um, are not quick to move. It's very hard. It's, very, it's been very difficult to change mindsets. 
very yeah. difficult to change people's um, um, thought process about financial um, information. Like you walk into a bank to get a mortgage, you probably get it with you, of course, two of you on the application, less risk. And say maybe one of you, especially if you're a woman. I mean, you also have really good credit score and really this and really that. But I have lots of people, I know lots of people that um, one income is one income, the woman. Handling it and doing things and being resilient through it all. So, oh my God, our time is close to be. Our time is close, close to now, but you yeah. mentioned about mortgages. And they said women actually get a higher mortgage rate than the men. Yeah. I did not know this. And, really? and I, yeah, and I think you and I were talking right. about a purchase I had to do because, of course, they feel like women are going to be more delinquent in paying up. And because, of course, the system is not being, system has not been set up to, to support women, if I'm being honest with you. That's how I feel. Okay, so what you're saying is that women get more um, iron stress rates. And it, I mean, I can see how, because you see, the risk is there. Women are the one who have the children. If a man was to walk out, like my one good friend who the husband just walked out of the house and she's left with um, mortgage and left with um, everything now, if the day she can't pay or she can't pay the mortgage, guess what happens? It's a risk of the bank. And so why? They, they reward you by giving you more interest rates. That's just the same thing with a man. Like he could walk, like the man has walked away. What if he cannot afford anything else? Then what happens there? Like but, I don't... But the like, point that is a woman with family is more likely to default. On the mortgage, I, so. I think the man, the man is more likely to fall. I agree with you. About it, women would, women would do whatever it takes, and that's the thing to keep, to keep a roof on their on, on their heads. Whereas with men, they'll be like, okay, I got, okay, so I, I failed, I can't do this, and they'll go into like you know deep depression for like ten years or something. Well, and then we don't know that they will go into. Deep we don't depression. know deep into deep don't, depression. Don't, I, don't I know, but real, we're not saying this yeah. man evilly. No. I know, I know, I know. Okay, I do, but, but you know what I'm trying to say, though? That I feel like if you think about it, though, a woman would be, women are fighters. We are yeah. strong fighters. You know, and we do whatever we, we need to for our kids. So yeah. if it is the fact that my kids need a roof over their heads and they have to work 7,000 jobs just to make sure that they're making $10, I think they will do it. So yeah, why is it that that um, invest, that that um, financial institutions are not seeing this is what I don't understand. And now here again, though, I have to say that this is just this is um this is a US site where I'm pulling these from. So we've got okay. to do more research about Canada to see if Canada is any different. But well, I don't see how it would be totally different in Canada versus the US. Well, you know what? It is what it is. Um to our folks um out there, we're not trying to bash men. I am a believer in men. There are lots of great men out there. I have lots of the men in my life have been super supportive, super kind, and super hardworking. Honestly, um, from my dad, you know, even to the spouse, you know, that I have, um, they've all been super supportive and super, you know, understanding. So I'm not bashing men. There are great men out there. I'm just, what we're trying to say is that the system doesn't, mm -hmm. The system is not um, has not it's been rigged open. against women. It's uh, rigged. It's not been it is rigged. <laughs> it's rigged <laughs> against women, though. Well, and, and I won't say that. I won't say that it's it's a, it's the men that have done it. Sometimes it's the women that are doing it against ourselves, right? I talked talk about my you know that that job offer I got where they were going to lowball me and pay the man more, and it was a bunch of it was a whole team of women. So it's not about bashing men versus women. No, no, no. It's really about 
the system has not been the best to it has, it has, it hasn't been dynamics are changing. It's a fact of life. So yeah. how do we then work towards fixing this problem? And one of those things is financial literacy. Oh my God, yes. It's something that we like we can't I, I can't I honestly cannot teach anybody about that. But when I started on early, I said I was hoping that somebody would take care of all of that for me. So mm-hmm. now I'm thinking about the corollary for men now who just came into the game. It's expected of them, you know, at 25. I have friends who've been investing since they were 25. I mean, mm-hmm. I was doing small, small year and there. I had a financial guy every year would sit down as your risk level change. No. Has this happened? Yes. Has that happened? No. Okay, we'll continue with mutual funds. Whereas now with everything I know now, you know, I'm out there, I have my own trading account. I'm able to sort of go in every now and then, you know, take a huge risk. Um, some days I'm up, some, you know, I'm joining all these focus groups where people are like, let's do our diligence, let's buy more. I'm seeing my cousins as well, you know, they're, they're quite young, but they're also early in the game. We, we have discussions about, oh, what kind of, what stocks do you think are going to make it in the next as well? What are you thinking? You know, we're learning about due diligence that you have to do if you get into the stock market and things like that. And we're thinking about our futures about 10 years from now when I don't want to work anymore. How much do I think that I need to have that will give me enough dividend that even if I don't have any other source of income, my stocks are bringing something home to me. And those are the kind of things that we're trying to do. It's the kind of things that I wish someone, I wish my dad sat me down at 17 or 15 when I got my first job and said, listen, this is what the stock market is. This is how it works. This is what you should be doing. I was always afraid of it. I was always afraid of, of, of financials, of saying, you know, how am I getting myself ready for the future? I'm a lot better now. And I feel like many women are in that same boat where, you know, we're, we're trying to stay safe. So we're holding our cash because at least we can see that. Whereas yeah. putting it somewhere just helps you double, triple, quadruple it. Yeah, you know, you talk about the fear. It's really important that we acknowledge that um, in all this discussion is that fear of the unknown. What if I do it and I lose it all? I've worked super hard to, to save 10 grand and I put it into stock market. And then, you know, remember all the Enron crashes and the stock market falls and I'm like, ah, that 10,000, you know, a bird in hand is worth twice or is worth more than, you know, two in the bush. And I get that and I hear that. And there's no solution. There's no quick and fast um, answer to it. We definitely can't give you that answer here. If I knew it, honestly. Um, we would be, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be doing all those uh, master classes. Master classes right now. Yeah, but I don't know the answer. But what I do know is that um, there's a lot of knowledge out there, a lot of information out there, and that you will make money or not make money without knowledge, without learning, without retooling your brain set and your brain. Um, it's not true. You need knowledge. You know, you really do not need knowledge. And you know, there are books out there. There's um, for those of us who don't like to read, get Audible. Hmm? Audible is amazing. It's amazing. You know, you can put it. You can listen to. You know, when you're when you're driving, there's Audible. There, um, online there's Kindle. You gotta get knowledge. Attend a class. You know, take one day off and attend a financial literacy class. It is important. You know, there are good ones out there. Attend many. Attend multiple. Don't stop until your goal. You know, make a plan. You know, and do it quick. Do it soon. Let's not spend the rest of our lives in pursuit of money because I bet you when God created us, he didn't create us to spend 30, 40, 50 years of our lives 
finding money and then we die and I don't think that's the purpose of the human mind. I think it's for you to make money early on, have that settled, let passive income come into you um, as you leave, and then you pursue other things like good relationships or um, you know, look at Bill Gates give back all his wealth to the Melinda Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation after I made it. And then he spends his lifetime doing philanthropic courses. And that's what I want to do, make the money and then spend the time impacting the life. And that's what I think um, we all should consider. So we'll be back here next week, um, Tuesday, about this time, um, to talk more about finances and money and um, discuss this a bit deeper and analyze this. If you have any questions, please email us, tylnathan at healthsystemmediafoundation at gmail.healthsystemmediafoundation. <laughs> so many emails. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you want to say that again? Tyle Nathan at LCCMediaFoundation.ca. That's the okay. email, Tyle Nathan at LCCMediaFoundation.ca. Um, or um, Facebook, well, the Tyle Nathan show on Facebook. Um, yeah, guys, this is our show. We really thank you all for coming, for listening. We appreciate you. We hope we've um, um, blessed you tonight. Blessed you tonight. Um, I'm a Christian. I believe that everyone is the goal. Um, anybody who is interested, in learning about heaven or the Holy Spirit. Also, Eltire on it and also send me their foundation, um, .ca, um, if you want to talk about that. Um, once again, Kemi, do you have anything to say? Last word goes to you. Um, last word goes to me. Tyre, if we did not have, if, we, if, if money was not a factor, what would you be doing? Ah, shh. Now you want to start a new differential. <laughs> money <laughs> We can bring you back. What would I do? Oh my God. What would I do? Ah, I won't be in a cold city, I'll tell you that much. Mm. Mm. I will be in a place where I will be on an island and I will not have internet access or cell phone access on that oh, island. I like that. I like that. And I will just leave on the island and just um I don't know what I would do on the island yet, but I think I would I would get off the grid for a moment or get off the grid for a couple of months and a year. Mm. I don't have to worry about bills. And in that moment, do things like read, read more, maybe write, maybe become like Solomon, have wisdom, pontificate, you know, be very knowledgeable about things. I miss knowledge acquisition. My days are too busy. All I'm doing is working, working, working. I want to be able to just, I miss school where you sit down and somebody's downloading knowledge in your head. I was going to say that if I didn't, if I didn't have an expensive lifestyle, I didn't need money, I would be a philosopher. I would go around the world just discovering and learning. There's also that I would, I would have multiple PhDs. I would have PhDs in everything from everywhere. You know what I enjoy when you talk to someone and they have a wealth of experience, and uh, I rabbit. enjoy I enjoy it when someone's like you know when I was in you know Sri Lanka on the mountains with the monks and we did this for three it's days. Like I would I would be an explorer. I would travel the entire world. I will see things. I will come back and I will talk about them. Like oh, that's God. what I would really want to do. Just meet all kinds of people. Just do. do just meet all I will oh, God. travel. 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 See the world. I hear you yeah. there. If we continue this conversation, my sweetheart, 
I uh, we're not gonna finish tonight because they're giving me oh my god. So we're gonna uh, pick up here next week. If I'm we picking up this topic next week. Or we're gonna yeah. talk about something else. Or we're gonna money, finance and money. We're gonna go a different angle next week. But we will start from here. If money wasn't a problem, if I didn't have to look for money, what would I do? Mm. Mm. I would learn about God. I think God mm. has been so misunderstood. You could be a missionary. Mm, I don't know. Well, eventually maybe, but I think that God has been so misunderstood in our in our, um, in our current uh, dispensation that people don't even understand who God is or why He's there. Do you know misunderstanding or He has been misrepresented. One way or the other, there's something miss. Mm. And I think if I if I didn't need money, I would spend my days in a seminary also. Like I said, knowledge. For me, it's just knowledge. I would just gather knowledge. I would do something with the knowledge. I'm not sure yet. It should, you know, but I would just gather knowledge and understand. I gotta go. We gotta go. I'm spreading it the book. I I don't trust myself. (laughs) (laughs) Conversation. We're not gonna continue. This was good. good. It has been good. Happy Easter, happy Easter. Today is um no not today, today is Wednesday. Tomorrow is um, only Thursday. Only Thursday and then Friday, Good Friday. And then um Saturday and then Easter Sunday. I hope that the message of Easter is not lost on us. I hope that in our lives we're able to understand the whole purpose of all this while we're here. Kemi, once again, Anna, thank you so much. You've been a blast as always. I've learned a lot from you. Thank you guys for listening. Once again, this is the Tyler Nathan Show on the LCC Media platform. It is time to say good night, goodbye. See you next week. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.